Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adel Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Well, it's almost time for the December holidays and I know everybody's going to be binging, eating and, <laughs> and maybe even drinking. And uh, this is the Healthy You, Healthy You show. I'm Adel Kozilski. And I'm Faggy Stern. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. And so Faggy and I decided, you know what? What better way to like prepare ourselves for the, the, the upcoming holidays coming is actually coming. It's like a real cover loading uh, expedition to talk about the management of weight. Because one of the things that I certainly learned and, and, um, it happened against my will. I've got to be honest. I went overseas in, in uh, August. I was out of my environment. Um, I didn't have a lot of cooking facilities around. I was, you know, subject to food being delivered to me. And by the time I came home, I was a metabolic mess. And it's taken close on three months for me to try to get myself back in line. Um, and I know I'm going away now again. And I said to my husband, I'm not letting this happen. So we're going to talk about the principles of weight loss and of eating correctly. And um, to discuss this, we have none other than Marianne Scherer. She is a very prominent person in South Africa. I actually was asking for a bio again, and she's just said I should tell you that she's a mother. I mean, she's a wife of 47 years. She is a mother, a grandmother, and quite recently a great-grandmother. And that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, we were swapping notes, and I was asking, I'm not going to tell her, like, her age <laughs> online, but she's figured that if she can live to 120, she's going to see, like, at least six generations. And I think wow. that's wonderful. Congratulations, Maria. <laughs> Yeah, you're all invited to my birthday party, by the way. It's the 13th of February, 2078. I'll be 120, so you can all come. <laughs> so that's actually like quite, quite, quite amazing. Thank you. We'll, we'll die around it. I don't think, I don't think we're busy on that day. Yeah, no, good. Fantastic. Radio, yeah, I'll just interview you first. <laughs> okay. So, um, Mary, Mary Ann, let's, let's, let's talk about weight loss, how to maintain weight. I think that, you know, it's quite a, um, hugely discussed topic. You know, you can get a lot on it. Everybody's got different opinions. Let's let's hear yours and let's start, you know, from the beginning, like how 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 we maintain a healthy lifestyle because I don't think it's about crash dieting, right? No. And in fact I love the word that you said the word diet, because if diets worked, nobody would be overweight. That's the okay. reality of it. And you gotta look at where we've got the problems with weight. It's in countries where there's lots of food and there's lots of marketing and we're encouraged to eat more and more and more and party more and drink more and do all of this stuff more and more. It's very um, uh, commercially satisfying to have people consuming your products in vast quantities. But let's go back to the actual science of it because if we look at what controls our weight, we begin to understand. And, and you know, they, everybody tries to make it so complicated and they're talking about these you know, transmitters and enzymes and ghrelin and all this stuff and you just like words and names and people just shut down. They're like, I can't do this. I'm just going to have a donut and a, and a Coke and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to just forget it. 
and and then we do when we and when we say like, oh, I just exercise more. That my diet doesn't matter. But if we actually go back to it and say, what is it that controls our body weight? And it's a system called the endocrine system, which is actually the system that controls everything in your body. It controls your blood pressure, your blood sugar, whether or not you've got allergies. It controls your skin, your hair, your nails, your sleep, your muscle tone. And of course, your body weight. It controls all hormonal functions, everything to do with fertility. So usually what happens is if we neglect our bodies or we don't understand our bodies, the most common reason for neglect is we just don't know how our bodies work. If we neglect it, something's going to play up. And in some people, they might be underweight and we're like, then you're so lucky. And yet those people will look at their bodies and they'll think, you know, I, I don't look, I look like a kid. I'm carrying so little weight on me and I don't look like a woman. So, or, or a man for that matter. <clears throat> so everybody's never, very few people in westernized countries are happy with their weight at some level, you know, either underweight, overweight, wrong shape, whatever it is. And I think we need to firstly accept that we are who God made us to be. We have different body shapes, for example. You have people who have very high-waisted and low-waisted and people with broad shoulders and narrow shoulders. So I think the first thing is accepting that God made you in a very specific way, number one. And part of that is he designed this endocrine system. And that endocrine system is dependent on a whole lot of factors. Only one of those things is what you eat. The other things are things like exercise. And here's the amazing thing is the longest living, healthiest communities in the world are known as the blue zones. They also don't have obesity at all. There's no weight issues in those communities. They only do natural movements. They garden, they grow their own food, they walk places, they cycle, they chop wood, they hike up mountains, they very they do natural movements. And just recently came across my desk this week a study showing that actually extreme exercise is probably the worst thing you can do for your health and your weight for many people. So they, they say if you're wanting to live a good, long, healthy life, you need to do natural movements like walking, like cycling, like like gardening, like chopping things, like carrying your own groceries. We have people carrying everything for us. We get people to mow our own lawns, and then we sit in front of computers all day long, and we wonder why we get putting weight on around our waist. If you don't move every half an hour, your metabolism slows down. That's a fact. Now, you don't have to go for a jog around the block. You just need to get up, go to the kitchen, have a glass of water, walk around your garden, or go if you're in an apartment, walk, walk around your block, come back. But just try and move like five minutes every 30 minutes. You'll find you have less back problems, your eyesight improves, and your weight is more stable. So, so those are kinds of things. Uh, very often we'll, you know, we, 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 we think we've got to go to the gym every day and that's a very unnatural exercise. In fact, they're saying now the worst thing you can do is do res- more than about 70 minutes of resistance. And in fact, they're actually suggesting less of that of re- resistance exercise. So people are going to gyms and they like, gym and they like pushing weights and things like that, but it's not the ideal thing. Resistance exercise is important, but we get it naturally by picking up babies and parcels and digging a hole in our garden and pulling weeds out of the grass. Those are natural resistance exercises. We used to mix things by hand. Now we put it in a blender and we stand and watch the blender. Well, if you've got a blender, I mean, I have a blender. Well, then find something to do. Do jumping jacks. You know what I mean? Do some <laughs> 
you know, instead of doing that whisking movement, at least do some push-ups against the wall. Just while I say, okay, let me see how many push-ups I can do while this blends. Do my blending, you know, do my exercise. We, we've got to be exercise-minded. We've got to do the good old-fashioned things. Like if you do go to the gym, park your car as far away as you can from the gym and no, walk to the gym. The parking spot. Yes. Yes. And then we walk inside and we walk on a treadmill and we don't get any natural light. And that's another part of it. Exercise helps to correct your metabolism. But this, don't go, and they're actually saying don't do more than 12,000 steps. 10,000 steps is great. And 12,000, there's no reason to go more than that because there's no real benefit. You're probably going to shorten your life. I wish to read that, but some days I do 22 steps, but that's just being me being busy. I'm very busy. I'm running between my home and the school, literally physically walking or running. And then I do walks in the morning and sometimes in the afternoon. But I don't, it's, 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 I've learned over the years that the most important thing you can do is listen to your body. And your body will tell you sometimes walk faster. You need a faster walk today. Other days it'll tell you slow it down. Okay. So <laughs> the first thing is guys, we're going for an ad break. Go and do like 10 jumping jacks and we'll be back in two minutes. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. It's 101.9 High FM and we're talking about weight loss. I just want to finish up the the exercise story, Marianne. Yes. what about things like like a rebounder and 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 and, and doing like all, all these high intensity interval training exercises? There's no evidence in looking at real life communities anywhere that you have to do high intensity interval the, the hit as they call it in, intensity interval training. If you do look at it though, it's quite smartly done. It's a short burst of energy, anything from fifty to ninety seconds depends on which program you're looking at. So you've got to do what's comfortable for your body, comfortable for your lungs. You can't just instantly get fit. That's what we do. We make the mistake. I'm going to do. I'm going to do a high intensity interval training, and off we go. And we've got a guru that's like winding us up, and then we're going to gym, and we're running around, and we're exhausted, and we we can't function in any other areas of our body. So I think you've got to listen to your body. Number one, if you don't know where to start, go and work with somebody who you think can help you. But at the same time, they can put you down a path where you if exercise becomes your life, and it shouldn't. Exercise should be part of your life. So if you've got a rebounder, put on your veranda outside, maybe under cover so that you can jump while it's raining because you won't be able to go for a walk. Whether you're living in an apartment, put it on your veranda. Put your stationary bicycle on your veranda under cover if you're in a, an apartment. Um, do something, have something to do. When you can't go for a walk outside or you can't garden. And then what you do is while you're talking to a friend, get on the bicycle and just cycle. Not like, <laughs> they always say that you should do the talk test. You should comfortably be able to have a conversation, be mildly breathless. And then say to them, I'm just cycling while I'm talking to you. And then you just, you're just moving your legs. You know, you can, you can, you can take, you can sit and talk to somebody and take a, a can of something or a glass or a weight if you've got a weight. You can just sit and do curls while you're talking to somebody on the phone, swap arms and do the other one. If you, you've got to be exercise minded, looking for opportunities to move instead of taking the elevator or the lift, walk up the stairs. We've been told this for years. Um, instead of getting somebody else to carry all the parcels for you, use that as your, 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 um, as a resistance exercise. What I do is when I take the parcels out of the car, I'm walking to the car going up and down. So I'm lifting them up and getting my arms to work. Cause it's, it's actually more fun doing that than going and doing push-ups against the wall. Although I'll do that if I haven't done any. 
But I prefer digging a hole in the garden or chopping down a tree with a chainsaw is a lot of fun. And then it's a lot of fun then taking, lugging that wood to the pile and the leaves to the compost. All of that is, it's sensible exercise. It has a purpose. And, and I think we as human beings are designed to live on purpose. When we sit on a stationary bicycle or we're just jogging on the spot and staring at a screen, it's like mindless stuff. You actually feel refreshed. But more than that, the exercise should be done outside. And here's another important reason, is when you exercise outside with no glasses on your eyes, that means take your sunglasses, your prescription lenses off so that the, your eyes can be exposed to UV rays. UV rays trigger a little gland in your, in your behind your eyes in the brain called the pineal or pineal gland, and that little gland regulates melatonin and serotonin. Serotonin makes you happy and makes your appetite feel happy. You don't feel so hungry when you spend more time in the sun. So you find that you're not, and it's one of the reasons we crave carbohydrates in winter, because we're not spending enough time outside, and another way to raise your serotonin levels is to eat carbohydrates. So it's not about cutting carbs out, it's about getting natural sunlight, and you won't crave the carbs, you'll eat them, you'll have some nice brown rice, and you'll be satisfied. If I'm not getting natural light, and I'm eating some nice brown rice, I want more, and more, and more, and more, I just eat too much. So even too much good food, you might put on two kilograms, too much bad food or bad food is going to help you make you put on 10 or 20 kilograms. So do it outside to regulate your melatonin, serotonin. Melatonin, when you regulate that properly, you sleep beautifully. And when you sleep beautifully, your cortisol levels are a lot more regulated in your body because sleep really helps your endocrine system work properly. So we need to be exercise-minded as in consciously trying to look for opportunities to move. Most people are looking for opportunities not to move. Let me sit here as a couch. I see it even with the kids at our school. They're like, oh, here's a step. Let me sit. And all the teachers are standing and we say to the kids, hey, you know, I'm 65, you're six. Stand. When we stand, we engage our, our cores. And so your core muscles will engage and your stomach will be flatter. So it's good to stand, but don't slouch. Just stand up straight. All the things our mothers taught us as we were little. My mother used to make us walk around with a book on our heads to make us walk up straight. And so we walk up straight, you engage your core. It's going sitting, you know, you know, hundred crunches, it's just so very boring. You know, unless you've done nothing all day and it's pouring with rain and there's a big storm and, and you're watching the news and you're doing crunches at least you go, you're talking to your kids, get your kids on the floor and do it with them. Um, be exercise minded, do it outside so that you regulate melatonin and serotonin so that your cortisol levels are naturally reduced. Exercise also helps to reduce stress. It's the most powerful stress-relieving tool that anybody can have. It's way more powerful. It's the most natural antidepressant. More, most powerful thing you can do to get rid of depression and anxiety and stress is to exercise. And you can go outside and prune your roses. You can go outside and pick some gooseberries. You can go outside and take go for a walk. Play with your kids on the lawn. Throw a ball with them. Parents don't do that anymore. It's like kids go outside and play, and the parents go to the gym. Don't do that. Take your kids to the beach for a walk up the mountain. You're going to connect with your kids, which is we're disconnecting. Everybody's on their cell phones. Everybody's watching a screen. Everybody's so busy. That's a great time to get outside. I remember when my kids were little, I'd go for a walk with them in our suburb. One would be in the pram in the push chair I was pushing and the other one would be walking. And we'd go along. We'd play names with, um, games with all the numbers on the gates. So if it was, I'd get my kids to, to add the two numbers together. And she was five or six years old, my oldest daughter at the time. And she's really, really good with numbers. 
But so is his sister because it was a game, but it was an exercise. So exercise should be fun. It should be part of your lifestyle. It shouldn't be something that's stressed. It shouldn't cost you money. It really shouldn't cost you money. And then outside to get natural light. And between exercise and natural light, you are going to regulate your cortisol levels. And when your cortisol levels are too high, you get that fat belly, which we get when we get older. So the fat belly comes from the raised cortisol levels. You see it in men and women. They they like go over forty or fifty, and the then the and the the muffin top comes along. You know, you think, what is this? And this is like extra two to five, or even ten or twelve kilograms sitting there. That will go. And then the other thing is to make sure that you are. Um, you know, we tend to go on diet and we remove all the fats from our diet, but we need to have the good fats in our diet. Don't go on a high-fat diet. I remember going on high-fat diets where you were just eating peanut butter and cheese and fried things, and as long as it was fat and protein, you were okay. And then you end up with this horrible ketogenic taste in your mouth. It's disgusting. That doesn't help you because in the long term, it actually damages your endocrine system. So you might lose weight initially, and then you're slowing down your metabolism. So do things that are natural. And as I say, one of those things is essential fatty acids. I'm always telling people, take natural omega-3 fats from plant sources. Flax oil is your best. A nice combination to make sure it's balanced and you're getting the right balance of omega-3s to 6s is a tiny bit of olive oil, a little bit of sesame, a tiny bit of sunflower, and lots of flax oil, all cold-pressed and preferably organic. So that's one of the best ways to get it in. And that, what it does is it helps your adrenal gland produce natural anti, um, um, your adrenal glands produce natural cortisol. They produce natural anti-inflammatories, natural antihistamines. Uh, and so your, your allergies will go and your inflammation will go and your body weight stabilizes and you're happy and calm. So when we live naturally, everything starts to work properly because what do people do is they focus on their weight. You can be the skinniest person in the world and die of famous people, die of breast cancer at 43. They're beautiful, they're skinny because they're not living a balanced life. Part of that is your, your spiritual well-being as well. Dale Carnegie is one of the most powerful, one of the most well-known, not powerful, those are well-known motivational speakers in the world. He wrote a book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And the number one way to stop worrying is to pray. I mean, there he was all those years ago saying pray. When you pray, the act of praying hands your burdens over to a greater being than yourself. So what we do is we take it all back. And women are the worst with this, okay? They are the worst because we have this natural, I love the, and I might be mispronouncing the, the Hebrew word for God the, in Genesis where it talks about we are, in English, English translations, it will say the helper or the help meet, and it, what the heck is a help meet anyway. And the, the Hebrew word is that, is there connector? I'm not pronouncing it correctly. But, but that is there is a word used to describe God. And, and God is, and, and you, and you see it often in Psalms. It's the one who, um, who, a safe place in times of trouble, the provider, the protector. And that's a word given to woman. It's like an incredible word. And it's all these multitasks that God has. And we these multitasking people. And I think our biggest mistake we do is, we, we, this part of God is in us. We made in his image, that part of it's in us. And we, we don't realize that sometimes we think we are God and we start doing everything for everybody and not saying no. And then we just run ourselves completely ragged. But that part of it is that sort of ability to multitask and do lots of things. And we are the nurturing one and the, the, the sound, the, the reason. The connector word is another one. It's the one who confronts. 
But it's a, it's a, one of the books I read on the Bible philosopher, Skip Mullen says that, that we're in fact God created us as guardian angels of the men specifically. And so we, but we also are the children and it's just so much we've got to do. What we've got to realize is we've got to look after ourselves as well and stop being God. We've got to hand over and say, thank you God that you made me in your image and I have this is there part of me. And I'm very grateful for it and I love being busy, but I'm going to give these burdens to you and do the things and focus on the things that are not burdens. Can I share with you, can, can I share with you a saying yes. that I actually shared last night in a, another group that I teach? You do God's work, not God's job. Yes. <laughs> Great. I love it. <laughs> okay. So let's, so, let's go back in. You've spoken about exercise. You've spoken yeah. about the fact that we also um, probably will have good quality sleep. Yes. You're saying that we should um, we should worry about um, having essential fatty fatty oils, right? The 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 oil that you, you're talking yes. about, the combination. Is that like a supplement, or is are you are you able to get it from food? You can get it in small quantities. We live if we lived in a totally natural environment, and we were growing our own food, and we weren't traveling in cars, and we didn't have all the stress and wars and rumors of wars, which is very stressful right now. We're all in a stressful time with the wars that are going on, and I know they're very close to home to many of the listeners. What what's going on in Israel? And my heart is there. I mean. That is stressful. People have family and friends going through that stuff. So, so, oh, where was I going down this road? I sidetracked myself, started thinking about all kinds of other things. Fatty oils. Um, uh, the fats and, fats and oils. So, because we live in a much more stressful environment than we used to, we actually need to take in more because we, it, there's a lot of stress focused on the adrenal glands. In a normal natural environment, your adrenal glands would recover. You get enough. Omega-3s from an avocado. There's quite a lot in walnuts, for example. It would be in nuts and seeds, and you would find them. We need more, so I do recommend taking a supplement. The one that I take is called Amiga. It's in capsule form. Um, it's and, and 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 I take that one, but you may not take it because you might find that it doesn't. You know, you're not comfortable. It's in it's in water buffalo. It's in gelatine. And and you might say, well, I don't want to do that because it's not kosher. So you can take a combination. So I would find the best one in the world that's not in a capsule. The reason I like the one in the capsule is it's nitrogen flushed. So the pump all the nitrogen out so the, the oil can't go rancid because flax oil goes rancid very quickly. Taking pure flax oil is not great on its own for longer than six months because you can overdose on omega-3s. So you can take pure flax if you know how to monitor it. How do you monitor it? You actually wake up some days and you're like, I don't feel like that. Then you've got to learn to listen to your body, which is the most accurate way to do it. Your body will tell you you need to move. For example, I'll come back to that. Um, so you can take it. and but You take between one and three tablespoons of an organic flax oil on a daily basis. It would be a great thing to do. Buy it in small bottles because the minute you open it, the oxygen goes inside and starts to degrade the oils. So don't buy big liters of it because you won't use it fast enough. You can keep it in a refrigerator. Don't keep it in warm places and don't keep it in a place where there's a lot of light. Uh, there's another good one that you can get if anybody is traveling abroad. It's called Udo's Oil, U-D-E-D-O, and it's in a liquid form. It's quite pricey, but it's also very good. So you need between one and three tablespoons. If you're taking the Omega capsules, you can take between six and 12 capsules a day, basically, depending on how bad your problems are. And then, and then, uh, 
What was I talking about? Okay, there's so many things. You discuss a lot about hormones and the adrenal glands. Can we kind of go into what the adrenal glands are, what adrenal fatigue is, understanding the thyroid, understanding the hormones, understanding what the liver does with estrogen and hormones, and if you have fatty liver disease, what that can do to weight. I mean, I guess there's like, whole system in the body that we don't understand. There is a lot. And I think that people mustn't be overwhelmed by their lack of knowledge. But to understand that your endocrine system is the system that controls everything in your body. So it's involved in liver function, heart function, kidney function. But there are specific adrenal glands around, like the thyroid, for example. Your thyroid gland controls your metabolism and your muscle tone. Everybody wants a firm body and they want a decent metabolism. You know your metabolism is in the right place when you're not continually hungry all the time. And you find you nibbling and eating and stuff like that. Your thyroid gland works very well on a low-protein diet, not a high-protein. High-protein damages the thyroid. The thyroid gland works really well on a gluten-free diet. So you find that taking gluten out of the diet, you find your metabolism starts to work more efficiently. And a lot of people find that when they remove gluten from the diet, they feel fantastic, they lose three or five kilograms, and their energy level goes up, and with that comes mental clarity. Because this is the beauty of the way God designed our bodies. It doesn't do one thing. I like your liver. You mentioned it. There's 500 functions at least that they know of, you know, and that's a lot of functions. Most people don't even know five of the liver functions. So you take your thyroid, and it's you start looking after your thyroid. It likes exercise. It likes sunlight. It doesn't like stress. Chronic stress makes your your thyroid not work very efficiently. So the spiritual balance, the exercise, the natural light, all of that helps your thyroid gland to function more efficiently. Gluten-free may do it. Your essential fatty acids help it. Your thyroid gland controls your metabolism, your muscle tone, your mental clarity, whether or not you're able to produce. And it works very in tandem with the pituitary gland, which is the managing director of the whole endocrine system. So that's an important gland, but we can't just focus on that gland. We have to step back and focus on the entire endocrine system, which is a healthy lifestyle. Your adrenal glands are too little, and your thyroid glands wrapped around your larynx, by the way. It's like a butterfly shape. It also controls your calcium and your bones, so it's helped to have strong bones. And the very things that help your thyroid work properly, like exercise and natural light, help to give you strong bones as well. And so you don't want to be losing weight as you get older, from your bones, you want to keep your bones strong and not be storing on extra extra body weight. Your adrenal glands are two little glands about the size of an almond. They sit on top of the kidneys and they control things like blood pressure, blood sugar. They manage stress. And when you're under chronic stress, you're producing too much of the stress hormones, particularly cortisol, which you find will go put that weight around on your abdomen. The sort of apple give you the apple-shaped body that indicates you're producing too much um, of, of the hormones that, of, of the stress hormones. So you've got to manage the stress. You have to do that. And that means, you know, I, I love what in the Jewish community you have prayers for everything, you know, several times a day. And I, I just love that. that. You have it before intimacy with a meal and after a meal and your children. And it's just the most amazing thing, but it mustn't become a ritual. It must become a genuine handing over of your problems. You can't be praying all day and just holding on to your problems, as you say. You can't be doing God's job. You, 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 you're not God. You've got, you've got to do His will. Absolutely. I'm in agreement with that totally. And then another thing as well, 
with or with just with all these glands, as I say, I don't want to bog everybody down with it. You know, fatty liver can be caused by having refined cane sugar in your diet and, you know, drinking soft drinks and stuff like that. Your diet's really important. We know that the more alkaline forming your diet, in other words, the more magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium that's left behind in your body once you've eaten the food, the faster your metabolism works. So if your diet is at least 75% alkaline forming, your metabolism is going to work a 30, well, a third more. So it's 33 and a third percent. It's going to work more efficiently. So your metabolism just revs up like this. And on our program that I get people onto the 100 days to, to health, people's lives change so quickly by just doing one thing on that program. I get them to eat a side plate of raw fruit or vegetables before breakfast, lunch, or supper. And I get them to eat raw fruit or vegetables before they snack in the middle of the day, in between meals, mid-morning and mid-afternoon. And what that does is it raises your alkaline-forming foods, and the alkaline-forming foods then increase your metabolism, but they also give you a whole lot of incredibly important minerals in the body for everything to work more efficiently. Okay, we're talking to Marianne. If you'd like to join the conversation, 34519 is our SMS line 0618951019, our telegram Number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We are talking to Mary Ann Sharon. We're talking about the the, the uh, maintenance of weight. Mary Ann, like it does seem though that you know when you look across the spectrum, I'm obviously talking from a a woman perspective because I am a woman. Um, I identify as a woman. That <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so do you, great. Uh, just the question that I'm, I, I, I want to ask is that when you're in your reproductive years, your body surely is working differently to when you're in your menopausal years. Oh, and the weight that, that one might gain during your reproductive years is different to the weight gain in your menopausal years. Can we just talk about the difference? Like how do you navigate that? Cause maybe- if I can ask that question, there's so many people that, that struggle with different things. Like some people have issues with their ovaries, some people have issues with their uterus, some, you know, there's, everyone has like a different issue in their own bodies that they have to manage and deal with. Yeah, we do. We all inherit and we inherit the health and the disease genes from our parents and grandparents. But all studies now show, and uh, Dr. Colin Campbell from Cornell University publishes it in his book Whole, he's got this amazing table showing you how the genetic, genetic makeup manifests in certain diseases, but he says nutritional intervention is the one thing that can change our genetic expression. So if we have genetic expression that says you're going to have fertility problems or you're going to have weight problems or you're going to have problems with the thyroid because everybody in your family has thyroid problems. I come from a family where everybody has thyroid problems. At the age of 30, everybody's overweight. Up until then, super fit, super sporty, and then they just get bigger and bigger and bigger after the age of 30. I don't, I don't, It didn't happen to me because I consciously worked on making sure that my thyroid gland, when I found out that I took gluten out of my diet and lost, it was when I was going through menopause, I started to develop this middle-aged spread, and I thought, oh, my word, I'm not having that. And I started to think, well, there's certain things that I know that can affect the thyroid. Let me take the gluten out. Let me try that out. Literally within 10 days, two weeks, I'd lost. If I can add in there, though, as someone like me, I knew that that gluten would have a big effect on my thyroid because my family all has thyroid issues. Yeah. It's not my diet, which affected my brain incredibly and helped me, like, immensely. But I I can't use one kilo. 
So, so it could be you're not taking in enough fatty acids. So I make sure that I'm taking my essential fatty acids every morning. I take my six omegas, but I go through phases where I feel like I need more. So I just take eight. My body's telling me take more and other times taking less. Exercising outside, very important. Managing your stress. The other thing that is very important is we grow up being told we need to eat three meals a day, which is fine when you're a kid. Kids can graze all day long. They're running around like up and down trees and in and out of things. Kids today are not doing that. So they're actually developing bodies of middle-aged people. You're finding these barrel body kids with a lot of weight around their tummies because they're not moving like they used to. And kids are like, don't climb the trees. We Many people are only having one child, so don't climb the tree. You're going to fall out of it. You have the helicopter parent syndrome. And it's almost safer to put your kid in front of a tablet, physically safer. Put them in front of a tablet or give them a phone, and then at least they're sitting still and you can see them and they're, and they're not going to fall out a tree or trip and break their leg. You know, we grew up with broken bones. Today, kids don't break anything, except their brains don't work very well because they can't focus properly. They're on they break the brains and they break the tablets that they work yeah. on a much better exactly. one. Exactly. So it's kids need to get outside in natural light. And you'll find when kids are doing that, they can graze all day long. They don't put on weight. But what happens to us, we, you see it, I see it at our school. The kids hit puberty and they're slim and small and suddenly they just, their skins break out. They're putting on weight because they're starting to produce hormones. But if you're upsetting the endocrine system, which manages the whole body through the whole process of puberty and menopause with things like refined sugar, which teenagers eat, lots of gluten with lots of bread, lots of junk food today. I mean, you know, kids today feel like they're deprived if they can't have pizzas every day and if they can't have potato chips. They're actually, we're actually depriving our kids of good health by giving them junk foods. If we're giving them, I keep saying it, God made food and a God made body results in God made health. It's that simple. And we need to do that with us as adults. But we also need to realize that as adults, we actually need to eat less, not more because we're bigger. What happens is adults have a bigger portion than the children who are running around, if they're hopefully running around. We actually need to eat less. And you find that in most rural communities where people are listening to their bodies, they eat twice a day. They eat late morning. They'll work in the morning, have a break mid-morning, and they'll eat then. And they'll they'll work, and then they'll have a break in the middle of the afternoon, maybe 3, 4 o'clock. And they don't eat again well into the night. We wake up, and we're eating. It's a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and we're grabbing a bagel or a biscuit or a, having some cereal. And then we're having snacks in between with a cup of coffee. And then we're having lunch, and we're snacking in the car while we're driving around. And we're snacking, you know, mid-afternoon, and then we have... Dinner and you shouldn't eat after sunset. Your metabolism slows down once the sun set because you're supposed to go and sleep. Your body's trying to calm you down. But we do. We eat late at night. We eat when it's dark. And so what you're doing is when you eat late at night and then you go to bed, that food just literally is taking ages to digest because movement helps our food digest. And so we, we really, we've got into a habit of doing things that are not very natural. And that's why... I call my books The Natural Way because it's really listening to your body, doing, living the way God in, in designed us to, to, to live. I mean, we, we, if we go to a restaurant to eat out, we go in the middle of the afternoon. We don't go at night. Number one, it's not as full, it's not as noisy, and there's better service. But, but, but it's, that's when we'll eat because that's when our bodies are comfortable. When Mark and I eat off the sunset, we found without 
And we found this just by experimenting. We're like, no, we'd be having to sit up and sleep. What's wrong with this? And everybody would say, well, that's what happens to you when you hit 30 or 40. You don't digest your food properly. If you start reducing your food intake to twice a day. So we will have one meal that's just completely raw. It will be fruit and nuts and seeds, like a smoothie and maybe a fruit salad. Blueberries and peanut butter is my husband's favorite thing to eat these days. And then for supper, we might have... You know, a meal, we might eat in a restaurant or we might have a baked potato and a salad or we might have just a very simple meal. And in summer, it's so hot, you sometimes just want salads. Well, we find that we don't put on this extra weight. My husband will put on extra weight when he's very stressed. He's the one that runs all our businesses. He's the one that does the accounts. He deals with everybody. He's dealing with all the staff. And just yesterday, I was saying to him, I can see you're starting to put a little bit of extra weight around your waist. And it's not because you're overeating. I can see it's because you're stressed. He's just running, 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 running. And men can do the same thing. They think nobody else can do this job but me. And so they take on all the weight from it. And we are meant to be helping them. So my way of helping him is to take stuff away from him and to find people. He's got people working in our businesses who can do those jobs. He doesn't need to do them. So I'm now having to be the one who confronts him and say to him, you're not doing this thing. You, you need to be getting people to help you. I can see you have too much stress right now. The minute they start to put on that weight around the waist, it's chronic stress. If the diet is healthy, if you are exercising, you're getting your sunlight, and you're doing all those things, and you're having your raw before you're cooked, and you start putting on weight, I'll tell you now it's probably some form of chronic stress. I'm worrying about it. employ a couple of hundred thousand people more. We just had a, <laughs> a, a, a message from which which I agree with, correct. Um, the Rambam, which is Maimonides, he's a he's a, a Jewish sage from the 11th century. Um, he actually became doctor to the Sultan. He advocated only two meals a day. Uh, we're talking now a thousand years ago, and he also had a hierarchy of food. So what you're saying is 100% correct. This is one of thousands of years old. It's nothing yeah. new. Exactly. 101.9 High FM.